Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. 1 Samuel chapter number 18. 1 Samuel chapter 18. If you have your Bibles, we'll read a passage from there. The first nine verses of 1 Samuel chapter 18. And then we will fast forward to the New Testament, to the Gospel of John chapter 21. So 1 Samuel 18 and the Gospel of John 21. 1 Samuel 18, beginning with verse 1. After David finished talking with King Saul, Jonathan, Saul's son, became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. Whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. And this pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with timbrels and lyres. As they danced, they sang. Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. And Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. Then fast forward to the Gospel of John, chapter 21. This is after the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus is cooking breakfast for the disciples on the beach. Peter, who is still raw with the guilt of having denied Jesus uh, three times on the morning, early the morning that Jesus was crucified, is there, and, and Peter feels awkward Jesus is approaching him, engaging him in a conversation, and we pick up with verse 20 of John chapter 21. And Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? And when Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? And Jesus answered, if I want him to remain until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? I want to introduce you to two people. Uh, the big guy with the hat is Andy, and he is holding in his hand what for the longest time was his favorite toy, a toy named Woody. How many of you have ever seen Toy Story? Raise your hand. How many of you? Yeah. Did you know that the first Toy Story, there have been three so far, 
There's a fourth one that's due out in theaters in uh, 2017. But the first Toy Story came out 20 years this year. Came out in 1995. I had to double check that. I thought it came out last week. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, I thought it came out last week. And I really feel old to hear that it came out 20 years ago this year. Toy Story. Uh, this is Andy, little boy, and Woody is who for the longest time was his favorite toy. Now go to the next slide and let me introduce you to another guy. Woody is the guy to the right, the toy to the right. But beside him is a new toy named Buzz Lightyear. It just so happened that Woody is Andy's favorite toy until one birthday Andy's mother gives him a, an, a, as a birthday present, an action figure named Buzz Lightyear. Now, all the toys that Andy has, when Andy is around, they are motionless. They are immobile. But when Andy and his mom and dad leave the room, Andy's toys become animated, and they move, and they walk around, and they play together, and fight together, and they talk to each other. And Woody especially enjoyed the privilege of being Andy's favorite toy. And so on Andy's birthday, when Andy's mother buys him Buzz Lightyear, Woody becomes, here's the word, envious. He becomes filled with envy. Now, let me just tell you what envy is. Are you ready for this? Envy is wanting what someone else has and resenting them for having it. Envy is wanting what somebody else has and resenting them for having it. Now, Woody became envious of Buzz Lightyear because Buzz Lightyear now had Andy's attention and Woody felt like he no longer had it. Buzz Lightyear now was Andy's favorite toy, and Woody was no longer the favorite toy that he had been. And so Woody is envious of Buzz Lightyear. By the way, Buzz Lightyear doesn't realize he's a toy. He thinks he's an astronaut on some sort of secret mission, and people try to say, you're a toy, you're a toy. And he says, no, I'm not a toy, and he gets really upset about that. In his envy, though, Woody decides he's got to get rid of Buzz Lightyear. But now this is a Disney movie. And so you can't kill off somebody. That would be more like, I don't know, Sony Pictures or something. This is Disney. In Disney, you don't kill off people. And so what Woody decided to do was to knock Buzz Lightyear behind a table. That way, Buzz would get caught behind the table and Andy would come into the room and instead of picking up Buzz Lightyear, he'd pick up Woody again to be his favorite toy. The problem is that when Woody went to knock Buzz Lightyear behind a table, he accidentally, instead of knocking him behind a table, he knocked him out an open window outside the house. And when he did that, all the other toys in the room concluded that Woody was trying to kill Buzz Lightyear, and they all piled up against Woody. And so Woody felt like, I've got I've to straighten this thing out. And so he goes outside, and he tries to find uh, Buzz Lightyear. But in the process, both of them get picked up by this neighbor kid named Sid. Now, I don't have a picture of Sid, but let me just tell you what Sid, what Sid was. 
He was a toy torturer. He tortured and destroyed toys. And so uh, Woody finds Buzz Lightyear with Sid, and he works to rescue him from Sid. And in the meantime, they get lost away from Andy, and they spend the rest of the movie together, working together to get back to Andy. And all of this was caused by Woody becoming envious of Buzz Lightyear. Envy is wanting what somebody else has and resenting them for having it. Now, uh, we don't want to be too hard on Woody because there's not a person in this room this morning who has never been envious of something or someone else. At some point, if we live long enough, all of us are going to be envious of somebody else, what they have or what they've accomplished or achieved. And in that envy, we, we may not say this, but we wish that other person misfortune. And the fact that they're experiencing success or fortune kind of makes us feel bad. And so we call that envy. It's in scripture throughout. In fact, you don't get four chapters into the Bible before we find two brothers, Cain and Abel. They both bring offerings to God and God accepts Abel's offering but rejects Cain's offering and Cain becomes envious of his brother Abel. The envy grows into jealousy. The jealousy turns into rage and the story before you get out of Genesis chapter 4 concludes with Cain rising up and murdering his brother Abel. And it all started with envy. In the scriptures, we also find in Numbers chapter 12, verse 1, you have Moses leading the children of Israel out of Egypt, this great man Moses. He also has a sister named Miriam, and he has a a brother named Aaron. Moses' first wife dies. Sometime later, he meets another woman, a Cushite woman from Ethiopia. He marries her, and Miriam, Moses' sister, and Aaron, Moses' brother, criticize Moses for marrying this Cushite lady. But really, that wasn't what their problem was, because later in uh, Numbers chapter 12, we find out that they attacked Moses because he was a leader, and they weren't able to share in his leadership. They had become envious of Moses. King Saul, the first king of Israel, had a son named Jonathan. David comes along, and Saul loves David, brings him into his court to serve him. David and Saul's son Jonathan become best of friends until when they would go out to battle, David was so successful in battle that when he would come back, the cheerleading ladies of the town would praise David for his tens of thousands of uh, slain enemies versus Saul's thousands. And Saul became envious of David to the point where he tried to kill him, took out a contract on him. And that contract led to a war between Saul and his army and David and those who were loyal to David. And it, and it didn't end until Saul was killed in battle and so was his son Jonathan. And it all started because King Saul became envious of David. We go into... Uh, the Gospel of Matthew, and we find that it was out of envy that the religious leaders falsely accused and executed, had Jesus executed. 
All because of envy. We look to the last chapter of the Gospel of John and Peter. Uh, there at that campfire where Jesus has provided them breakfast, still raw from denying Jesus three times. And Jesus, after breakfast, is moving over toward Peter. He wants to engage Peter in a conversation. Peter wants nothing of it. He still feels uncomfortable about it. And so Jesus starts up this conversation. Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my sheep. And, and Peter tries to change the conversation and says, yeah, but what about, what about this guy over here? And Jesus said, If that guy remains alive until I come back, what is that to you? You need to follow me. You need to stop sticking your nose into that person's business and mind your own business. Stop being envious of this guy. You need to mind your own business. Peter was experiencing envy at the prospect of John, as it turns out, being very close to Jesus. Envy is a big problem. We don't see it in Scripture without it causing problems. We don't experience it in our own lives without, if it's left unchecked, it causing problems. And so uh, in this message, I want to point out some of the problems that envy causes. First off, we need to remember that we hurt ourselves when we envy somebody else. You think about this, why, why, do you, why do we ever envy somebody else? It's because, it's because they have something that, that we don't have, but we wish we had instead of them having it. Or they've achieved something that we haven't achieved, and we wish that we had achieved it instead of them. And so we envy somehow thinking that it's going to make us feel better and maybe hurt that other person. But what really happens is that person is rarely ever affected by our envy. Sometimes he or she is, but most of the time they're not. The one, the one who is really hurt by envy is us. In fact, Scripture says this, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30. Listen to this. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. So the writers of scripture picture envy as something that is like rot that's deep in our bones and it decays us from the inside out. Envy hurts us when we envy someone else. Number two, envy destroys relationships. I want you to think about this. Most of the time when you and I envy someone else, most of the time, that someone else is someone we know. I mean, there will be times when we'll envy someone we don't know. But many times, we envy someone we know, someone with whom we have a relationship, either a, a close friend or a, a family member. So it's someone we have a relationship with. And if we don't stop that envy in its tracks, what's going to happen is the relationship that we had with that, that close friend or family member is going to be destroyed because envy devalues other people. It causes us to look at the other person and, and devalue them from our own perspective while we lift up ourselves or think we are, envy destroys relationships. Cain and Abel destroyed their relationship. Miriam, Moses, and Aaron, it it hurt their relationship. The relationship between uh, King Saul and David utterly destroyed to the point where it ended up with one of them being dead. Envy destroys relationships. Number three, envy prompts us to think in terms of scarcity 
rather than abundance. Envy prompts us to think in terms of scarcity rather than abundance. Now, here's what I mean by that. The problem with envy is it it assumes that a win for somebody else is a loss for us. That what someone else achieves or what someone else has, they have it or they've achieved it because we can't have it. Because God, we assume that God operates from a, a standpoint of scarcity limitedness as opposed to God operating from a a standpoint of abundance. Listen, we cannot limit God. We cannot put limits on God. Envy, however, operates as if we have limited God. But God has unlimited resources. He has unlimited blessings. He has blessings in his storehouse that we can't even imagine. And he lavishes blessings upon us. Now, I realize that in this room, there are those who feel really, really blessed. And there are some of us who probably are going through a really tough time right now. And we're thinking, gosh, how long is this going to last? But all of us, I would imagine in this room, all of us, if we had time to do that, to do this, we could sit down and we could start listing all of the blessings God has given us in our entire lifetimes. And there would be a lot of them. Because you and I are a blessed people. We have been blessed beyond comprehension. And that alone ought to tell us that God doesn't operate from a standpoint of scarcity, of being limited, but rather from a standpoint of being limitlessly abundant in his blessings. God's economy is an abundance economy. It is not a scarcity economy. And so when we envy someone else, we indirectly are operating as though God is limited in his blessings when he is not. What God blesses someone else with, he can bless you with if he chooses. But God is also sovereign. He can choose to bless whom he chooses. And we need to know because God's intentions, his motivations are always good. If he has blessed someone else with something that you don't have, there is good reason for him not blessing you with it. But he will bless you with some things that he has not blessed other people with. God works from abundance, not scarcity. Number four, envy makes situations worse not better. Think about this, folks. How many of you have ever, let's just, let's just ask this, okay? I want to see how many of you are going to be honest. How many of you have ever envied someone? Raise your hand. How many of you, and I won't ask you to raise your hand about this. How many of you have ever had a good thing happen to somebody else? And although you didn't say anything about it deep down, you kind of didn't like it that it happened to somebody else instead of you. There was a little twinge of disappointment that what happened, that good thing that happened to somebody else didn't happen to you. And you felt envy over it. Now, why do we feel envy? I think it's because deep down, we convince ourselves that that envious feelings will improve the situation. Why else would we feel envy? 
Why else would we envy someone else or what someone else has if we didn't think that it would end up making the situation better as opposed to worse? We think it will better the situation. Fact of the matter is, it never improves a situation. Envy makes situations worse, not better. In fact, the scripture tells us this too. Listen to this. James, in the New Testament, James chapter 3, verse 16. James says this. Envy leads to disorder and every kind of evil. Somebody said this. They said, once the train of envy gets started, that train will plow through relationships, businesses, and everything that gets in its way. Envy makes our situations worse, not better. Finally, number five, when we envy, we are telling God we do not trust him and that what he has given us is not enough. When we envy what someone else has, we're basically saying to God, God, I don't trust you to give me what I know I deserve. Granted, you bless me now. You bless me. I can't deny that. But I can't fully trust you to give me what I definitely deserve, especially when I see you giving it to someone else when you ought to be giving it to me. Now, you and I will never, ever say that to God, but we do say that to God. Every time we envy, we indirectly hint to God that we don't trust him and that he What he has given us is not sufficient for what we want and what we need in life. God, what you've given me is not enough. I want more. And I want some things that you're not giving to that person over there. And if I see you giving your blessings to that person over there and not giving them to me, I'm going to complain all the more. Envy. It gives some Communications to God that I don't think we want given to God. I heard about a, uh, a merchant in a, sm- in a small town who ran a store across the street from another merchant, and they were heated competitors with each other. They were, they were rivals to each other. And one of the merchants became envious of his competitor, whose store was across the street, And that envy just started eating at him day and night. And one night in his sleep, he had a dream and an angel came to him and said this. He says, he says, okay, he says, you're envious of your, uh, your, your friend who has a store across the street. And here's what I'm going to do. I will grant you one wish, anything you want. I will give it to you with the condition that whatever you ask your Rival friend gets twice as much as you do. So if you ask for a certain level of success, you'll get it, but your friend will get twice as much. If you ask for a certain amount of wealth, your friend will get twice as much wealth. If you ask for a certain amount of business, your friend will get twice as much business. If you ask for a certain amount of happiness, your friend will get twice as much happiness. So with that provision, tell me what you want and it'll be yours. And the guy said... Beat me half to death. (laughs) Listen, time spent making friends with envy is wasted time. Rick Warren said this, he says, envy is an expression of insecurity. 
When we feel inferior, we get envious. He said, when I was in the fifth grade, I got a new bicycle for Christmas. It was one of those with big wide handlebars and a banana seat. How many of you had one of those when you were little? I remember I had one with a banana seat. It was orange. On the side, it said F1 Eliminator. I remember it. He says, I got a bicycle with the banana seat, wide handlebars. He says, I thought this bicycle was hot. I was so proud of this bicycle until I rode down the street to my friend's house and discovered that he had gotten a fancier bicycle than I had. My joy went down the tubes. He said, I was envious when I compared what I had with what he had. And he said, when I look back now, I realize that the problem, the real problem was my low self-esteem. He says, when we have low self-esteem, we'll always feel threatened by people who we think are more beautiful, who are better dressed, as well as those who have more status, more education, better charisma, and better bicycles. Listen. Our time on earth is limited. Even for those who, like Mr. Clyde Taylor, just turned 99, our time is limited. Don't waste your time making friends with envy. Spend your time helping other people succeed. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, you give us a certain amount of time to live. And during the time that you give us, you give us the freedom to make decisions. We can decide to receive you as our saviors or we can decide not to. Every Sunday, somebody decides not to. And on some Sundays, there are those who decide to receive you as savior. I'd love to have somebody here this morning to decide to receive you as their Savior and Lord. Lord, you give us the freedom to make choices about who we marry, where we work, where we school, our goals. You also give us the freedom to make bad decisions like when we envy what someone else has or what someone else has accomplished. Lord, help us not to waste precious fuel making friends with envy. Well, Lord, help us to experience the delight in helping other people to succeed. I pray this in Jesus' name.